Hey, it's Erin Anderson from Live Big Co. And you're listening to the Power to Be podcast. This week, I get to coach someone as they navigate an area of their life that's stuck toward an insight that will give them personal power. My hope is that you'll listen for an insight for yourself along the way. Let's find out what this week's guest has the power to be. Good morning, Lindsay. Good morning, Erin. Well, it's morning for me. Good what time is it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> From jolly old England. T- tell me, where are you in the world? I am in uh, Brightwell, Suffolk, which is a small little country, um, countryside town in England, but very much Canadian, as you can probably tell from my accent. <laughs> well, you're a, you're a born and raised Canadian, is that right? I am a born and raised Canadian. Yes, I've been um, in the UK. Well, I was here for six years, moved back to Vancouver for two and a half, and then now I'm back to the UK again. So I like to change it up. Yeah, well, and I can hear a tiny little accent. It's cute. It's awesome. I yeah. love it. <laughs> um, so, Lindsay, tell me, you um, just in our on our conversation just a minute ago, you were mentioning that you're going through quite a bit of change. Do you want to tell me a bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, I'll try not to make it too detailed, but basically, when we moved back to the UK. Um, I decided to get back into creative agency life. And I did that. I found a job within creative agency really close to my house. I thought that was kind of going to work for us for long term. And I thought that was me sorted. What ended up happening within a year's time, um, the the boss, the owner of the creative agency, just wouldn't let me take the lead on, on anything, even though I was meant to be his kind of number two and uh, director within the company. And little by little, I think I kind of got pushed out, which was quite a traumatic experience because I've never had that happen before. I've always been incredibly... Uh, taken well to creative agencies and, and done from what I thought a pretty decent job in my in my past agency life. But the good thing is, and the kind of weird thing since the pandemic happened, and um, basically losing your job right at the pandemic, having other opportunities to go to, and then all of them just falling away. You know, in March, I had nothing to go to, and I was the sole breadwinner for our family. So it was a very stressful time. I ended up managing to get just an admin job just to keep the money flowing in, which has now also been made redundant and coming to an end. But the best part is when I was in Vancouver before, I started a business called Nourish Consultancy, and it was to support babies with feeding aversions because it came from a very difficult experience personally with my daughter who had a feeding aversion. Stop me if I'm going too quick here, but... Oh my gosh. No. Yes. Keep going. Ultimately, I made the decision to take Nourish full-time, which has been incredibly scary and something that I've been going back and forth with. Now, as soon as I decided to take that consultancy full-time, my mentor, who ultimately had helped me over the past two and a half years to understand baby feeding aversions and the behavioral side of babies, she's now decided to offer me a role within her own company as the main consultant and basically taking on her consultant. So I'm effectively going to be working less, making more money and learning all at the same time. So 
Well, in the yoga world, we would call that shavasana, like <laughs> lie down, you know, like yeah. well done. Um, so, um, I mean, this is an incredible story of, of um, resiliency and adaptation and um, responsibility and rising um, and pivoting. All the th- all the themes of mm-hmm. 2020 mm-hmm. are wrapped up in in your story. So, so now. Um, Share with me. Uh, there's a couple of interesting, really interesting themes that I'm I'm noticing. But sh- share with with me what you're feeling now that you've landed in this new role with this woman. I feel a sense of relief, to be honest with you. Initially, when the email came through, it was funny because I had also had an email from a marketing expert who I was decide I was basically we had agreed we would start working together with Nourish and she was going to help me get Nourish off the ground from a marketing digital marketing and internet point of view to really get my name out there and the next next morning I received the offer from my mentor so it was a bit of a fork in the road experience from six months ago, being basically pushed out of what you thought was your life for the next 10 years, um, to then go having nothing to, you know, feeling incredibly low and and like you were quite a failure, quite honestly, to then all of a sudden decide to make this move and a very fearful move being the breadwinner typically to say, okay, I'm going to make this work. And then all of a sudden have the email come through. So basically, I guess I thought, um, like it was a massive fork in the road and I was almost tempted to deny it and say, no, I wanted to do it on my own because I'm a bit independent and, and thick headed like that sometimes that I want to do everything myself. However, I feel such a sense of relief because the more I speak to my mentor about the opportunity and more importantly, the more I'm going to become familiar with this industry and with babies and something I'm incredibly passionate about, I'm just so excited because power is, is knowledge is power. And I don't quite have all of that knowledge yet. So the more I become familiar with, with the new industry that I've now kind of landed in uh, by accident or by experience, I've all of a sudden uh-huh. got this newfound love and this newfound respect for, for learning and training and, yeah, I'm feeling very hopeful and excited about what could come of all of it, to be honest. I don't quite know what's going to happen. I'm trying not to read into it all too much. But I also am excited to see what could happen, you know? So in 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 all of this, I mean this if I was to reflect back what I what I um understand is that you not only had um trauma with your own child um not feeding. Um this this happened with your daughter. Yes. Is that, is that right? She didn't, she wasn't eating. Yes. And, and, um, just, 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 just describe for me and the listeners what that, what that was like, that experience. Yeah, of course. So Rigby Rose was born, um, nine pounds, two ounces. She was overdue and beautifully plump and healthy. She breastfed fantastic for the first couple of weeks where with my first child, my son, he didn't breastfeed very well. So I thought I kind of had it all in the bag and I was roaring to go. Week three hit of her life and she just kind of stopped eating as long and she was falling asleep at the breast and she wasn't, she she basically didn't gain weight for a week. 
Now, based on experience from the medical world, and now what I know is very different, but at the time, the midwives were urging me to feed her from a bottle, cluster feed, and get her to basically eat as much as she could. Ultimately, we went down a rabbit hole of medical issues. We were in and out of doctor's appointments. We were in the hospital for dehydration. I was tracking absolutely everything she was eating. She was refusing the breast. She ended up refusing the bottle. And, um, you know, we were diagnosed with tongue tie, thrush, suck and swallow underdevelopment, sensory issues. Um, The list goes on. She was on eight different types of medications by the time she was one and a half months. And um, two months old, we were admitted to hospital for the third time and a tube was fitted into her nose because she was refusing to eat both awake and asleep. And people think they don't quite realize the stress, anxiety and fear that comes with a child that's not eating. And to have a medical team that don't quite understand why your child's not eating because she's ultimately a healthy kid. So basically, um, we were sent home with a pad on the back and a tube in her nose. And that was our new normal for a couple of months. I kept asking what the process was. I'm a planner and I like to know what's to come and have a have an action plan. And no one was really telling me they just basically said, just feed her until she's ready for solids and maybe the tube will come out when she's a year. Well, if anyone's fed their tube, their child with a tube, it's incredibly difficult and um, soul-destroying. So lots of research went into it, and I basically found who is now my mentor. She helped us get the tube out within eight days and, and really opened my eyes to understand why she wasn't eating, and it was full stop a behavioral issue. She, um, I was overfeeding her. She was grown... She was due to be a lean baby, just like I was when I was a kid, and so was her brother. And she just didn't need as much milk as the doctors thought that she did. And we pushed her, we forced her, and pressured her so much that she shut down. So by relieving all of that pressure, we ended up getting the tube out. But it was a really long road. She was an averse baby, and she's still very headstrong now. Um, I find our vision babies are very... um, dedicated to what they want and they don't kind of let anyone else take over which I quite like now but it was tricky fast forward what did you call you you called her a vision baby what did you call her a vision vision baby baby? a version baby oh a version okay sorry yeah I'm like vision baby yeah yeah yeah. okay yeah a vision for her life that's for sure Um, (laughs) so fast forward yeah ultimately I, I I had a calling for it there was just something in me that changed when Mm. we got over the aversion and I I basically approached my mentor and asked if there was anything I could do to support and it kind of just took off from there I started helping with a Facebook group and I still lead that Facebook group today two and a half three years later Um, Mm. and it's snowballed from there I've always done the consultancy work on the side of full-time work on top of having family. So I've been doing it first thing in the morning or late at night. And basically I've helped over a hundred families now overcome the same problem that I've had. Um, It's been amazing to just think now I'm going to be doing that full-time and hopefully expanding my offer that's the next step. Yeah. What it takes, I don't know. I'm hoping it leads to something much bigger than me, to be honest. 
Yeah. So on on that note, what is it that you want? What what do you? And if I ask it, and it sounds like a simple question. It's a loaded simple question, yeah. but <clears throat> most people don't really ask you that. And and often what I find, um, if I may, is that. When I even ask myself, what do you want? I'll very often will default to I'm fine. Everything's fine. I've got what, what could I possibly want? I have a soft pillow to lay on. I've got food yeah. in my fridge. But really, really, what do you want? If you dig deep, what do you want? Yeah, I always, I think I always wanted baby, the baby support to be my full time gig. I never thought it would mm-hmm. happen this quickly. I always thought it was going to be a long-term thing and it's happened. So next, I want to gain more experience um, and gain more knowledge to the world of behavioral issues within a child. And ultimately, I want to, first of all, make medical professionals far more aware of what an aversion is so that parents don't have to go down the same medical rabbit hole that we did. And so many of the parents that I've worked with now, I also big picture love to be the second face to aversions. My mentor is number one, and I think she always will be for a long time, but I'd love to be her number two now and, and ongoing and perhaps create my own community within the behavioral and holistic approaches to babies perhaps have a few books out there and have a following that mm. respects and acknowledges my my um, approach to taking care of a child versus always going down the medical route. So I feel like the world is my oyster at the minute a little bit. I also want to be able to provide for my family without jeopardizing the time that I give them. Um, I'd love to be able to work within my own limits and and be able to say yes or no to something and be able to take an afternoon off work if I want to, because my son has a play, you know, I'd love, I'd mm-hmm. love that. I'd love to be able to mm-hmm. fight for them while still having the time for them. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> Your um your story is such a, a an incredible story of rise and fall and rise again. And what I um am noticing is that um, this one theme coming from uh, actual as lived life experience, it's so in you. It's I mean, it's always the question I ask people is, what's something you can't not do? I mean, if someone said, oh, Lindsay, no, no, you're going to be a barista, you know, and you would, you know, kick and claw and scratch and scream and say, hell no, I won't go. So you've really landed in your purpose. Do you feel that? Yeah, massively. I mean, I think I'm going to cry, but it just feels like after everything we've been through from her not eating to then feeling so alone in, in a in a city that we had really hardly anyone to fall back on um, to then moving countries and finding work that I thought was my calling because it's what I knew and, and then still not succeeding within that. Just wondering what the heck is going on? You know, why am I not, why am I not getting there to finally only just last week and God knows, you know, things change Mm. again and I'm looking at this as the be all end all and I'm not, I'm not, daft and I'm aware that things change very quickly but for some reason this just feels right 
and mm-hmm. it's just it's quite it's quite amazing i'm just going to try to take the ride for as long as i can to really enjoy it and i think the more i um i give to it the better it will be so time will tell obviously but well, yeah. Okay. So, so I, I will, I will admit something, Lindsay, I've been listening for where's the poop. So I've been listening for where, where is the pothole? Where is the thing that, um, that you're stubbing your toe on? And you know, that this is, um, this is what I'm here for is to say, look out, there's a, there's a, a hole in the, you know, in the ground, you're going to trip. And, um, I, I, um, am listening for that, not, not to listen for what's wrong, not at all, but more to see there's, um, within us, well, I'm going to sort of borrow a theme from a book that, that I read years and years ago. And just forgive me if I get the analogy wrong for those of you who have read this book, but there, there's this beautiful analogy about, uh, when we have a thorn in, you know, if you ever had like a splinter or a thorn in our side mm. and, uh, we say, Oh gosh, that hurts. That, that, that's an ouchie. And so in, instead of pulling the thorn out, we build a scaffolding around it and we build this very complex structure around the pain in order to prevent it from being touched again, in order f- to prevent it from ever, you know, affecting our lives and our soul and our spirit ever again. And so meanwhile, we end up building this really complex structure around us when all we really needed to do, I know it sounds so simple, but it's just to pull out the damn thorn. Yeah. So um, part of what the coaching practice does is bridges the gap between your pain and your purpose. And it's about finding what is that being able to identify and clear that thorn or that that source of pain in order for you to fully go into your purpose without ever looking back. And now I sense that there is an there is a just a just a 10% of you that is looking back waiting for the shitstorm to happen again or waiting for the wheels to fall off the bus because you've you've had that you deliver this 9 pound baby you everything was going beautifully and then all of a sudden things went so sideways that you end up in a hospital with a tube up your daughter's nose not by your own design but by uh, what would you call that interference, right? This is all interference. Yeah. Then you move through your life and, you know, the, the next, I'm sure there was 25 more, but the next major one was being hired by this creative agency and then having interference and things going sideways and losing that job and being the only breadwinner in your family. And so, you, you know, eventually uh, the, the, the mind, our ego says, don't ever let that happen yeah. again. Yeah. And so you start to like bolster yourself around never letting that happen again. No, thank you. And then what can happen is that you end up building this complex structure that, that actually protects you from never letting that happen again. And meanwhile, it's actually blocking the beautiful things. And it, it, it just, it takes us into control land. Do you know about control land? I'm familiar with it, Erin. Yes. We love control land. Oh, I mean, oh. and we sort of, I also hate it, but yeah, I know. I know. I mean, you're wise enough. You're wise enough to know that control land is really a really difficult place on the soul. Mm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. It sounds. It so sounds I, 
Right. I mean, listen, I, what I have my eye on is, is can you just like l- let go and put your arms in the air and say, we, we, like here I am. I've landed in this amazing opportunity uh, with someone who um, knows maybe a little bit more than you. I would be cautious about, you know, over glorifying your mentor who, by the way, seems to trust and love you. So let her. Yes. Trust and love you. Yes, I agree. I think at first I was a bit weary and, and you know, why, why now? Why me? Why are we, why is mm. this happening? But after speaking to her, she was incredibly complimentary and, you know, d- did very much say, you know, I was, I was ready and she was very surprised by everything I'd, we'd been through. And yet still I kept, <laughs> kept on with these consults and kept on with helping the parents. And even if, you know, there was very little financial reward, there hasn't been much financial reward um, for the past two and a half years, but I've just kept doing it. So yes, I agree. Mm -hmm. There, this has to be it. This has to be it right now. And I feel like it is, but perhaps I still need to learn to say no to other elements within my life um, and, and be able to still, put not put people down but say no to them because it's better for me you know um I'm thinking yes but but be careful there too like I I now now I have my eye on control land so um just be careful there because you also just said this is it as though you've arrived somewhere you never arrive ever 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 and we're learning this in the world in a really big way right now so uh, uh, being on the journey is being, you know, fully on the ride of life. That's a very creative act. Absolutely. Like if you think about creativity as a creative person, you're a creative being, aren't you? I think so. Yes. Yeah. So if you're a creative being, do you ever arrive? No, I suppose I don't. I don't think I've ever just stopped and said, okay, this is it. Thinking about it. There's always Mm -hmm. something that I look to move forward with. I guess my, this is it is, this is it for me. It's babies now, if that makes sense. It's like, it's a complete new career path for me. And this is where I am landing, but where it takes me is still very much unknown. And I'm trying not to control it too much. Um, I have my wants and my goal, but I I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Where well, let me tell you. Sure. Let me, let's talk, let's talk about the thing that will keep you on track. So, um, uh, listen, you're a provider. I mean, gosh, you're a strong, resilient woman who has looked after her family. And I, I mean, I have, I have two kids and I know I can't even, no, I don't know. I don't know what that's like. I've been supported and I've had I've had it pretty easy. So I I can't I can't fully appreciate what that must feel like and what that must be like to have that responsibility and as a mother too. So I I mean I'm sort of pausing in a, in a moment here of of total respect and honoring you for what you've done over the past many years. How old is your son now? 5. He's 5. Yeah, so oh, for yeah. at least 5 years. Yeah. So you've carried a lot and you 
you have this creative spark in you and you have this calling and this mission and this purpose that's in you that is like that fire burns. That's the thing that's kept you going despite a lot of odds. And you just keep rising up to it. It just keeps calling you and you keep rising up to it against all odds. Lindsay, you could have long ago gotten a secretary job or something and gotten a pension. I don't know. You could have brown bagged it and figured it out, right? I did think about that a few times. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But your soul is saying, hell no, we won't go. Like let's, we've got a bigger thing to do. So there's also this other part of you, this, um, we're just for the sake of conversation of this conversation, we'll call it your ego. And your ego is that part of your brain that is the survival mechanism. Listen, all, all of us need and require our ego in order to survive. It's the thing that stops us from jumping off tall buildings, right? We need it. Yet oftentimes our ego starts to take take charge and thinks it's the boss. When it's your soul and your spirit that is the the keeper of the flame of this incredible desire to serve the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like serve the world. And and so you have this little tug of war and the ego sounds really right. Like the ego sounds very like, well, I'm right and I'm the boss and this is the way. And listen, you've been burned before, Lindsay, so why would you ever take another risk or why would you ever take your eye off this ball? So this is the part of of the mind's conversation that it's time to pay attention to because logistically, your spirit has actually made things happen. You've got this opportunity in front of you because of your spirit's calling. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have happened any other way. Like, look at all the mornings you got up early. Look at all the nights you stayed up late. Look at all the research you did. Yes. You did that. Yeah, absolutely. Nobody did that for you. Nobody put that in front of you and said, here's your path. No, like your deep calling said, I have to do this. This, like, Lindsay, what you have, most people spend their life searching for. Wow. Thanks, Erin. That seems a lot. But yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if I'm able to give myself that credit just yet. Yeah. That, okay. So so this is your work, is to fully embrace that this, oh my gosh. Um, oh my gosh. I want to like come through this microphone and like <laughs> grab you by the shoulders and look you in the eye. But, you know, think about it like this, like God gave this to you. God gave you rig- Rigby, Rigby. Rigby, yes. Rigby. God gave you Rigby in the exact way that she came to you. You rose to the occasion. You did not throw up your arms and say, oh, well, this is the way it is. You fought back. You resisted. Yeah. And well, you learned yeah. and you grew. Yeah. There's no other way. You I stepped guess. up to the plate. Yeah, totally. Well, so you think, so you think, but there's many people, as you well know, from the many people that you're serving who don't know any other, like they, they don't know to stand up. They don't know to rise up against it. They don't know to, okay. The two words, my friend, the two words that are just like glaring, like, you know, those, um, like Hollywood signs, like, you know, showing tonight is, and then big, like neon lights, you know, those (laughs) with words in it, the two, okay. Those two words, 
is creative agency. Right. Yeah. You, you have creative agency. The word agency means to be able to own your life, to have personal responsibility. The word agency means I can do it. It means I can do it. Yeah. You have that embodied, don't you? Yeah, I hope so. I'd like to think so. I'd like to, yes, 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 I do. What? what yeah, okay, okay, good. I'm like, wait, wait a minute. What proof do you need? <laughs> <laughs> Look at what you've overcome. Yeah. Who did that for you? Yeah, I did that. Yeah, you did that. Mm, Like time to stomp your foot and go, okay, hold on a minute. I did that. Yeah. And that's, I, I love it. I'm so, I'm so pleased. And I know that it's, it's come down to her, you know, she's, she's the one that's, and I, I hope one day she's proud of me because of it, you know? when she understands what mummy does and why. Um, Yeah, it's, it does all come down to her. So it's, I'm, I'm crazy enough to think like, yes, I'm glad that this happened to me because it's put me on Mm. quite a different path that I never would have anticipated. And funny enough, when I had moved to Vancouver, I always had this thought of, oh, I really like babies. I really like to work with babies. But how do I work with babies without, you know, pulling them out of a vagina every day? Although, you know, I wouldn't say no to it, but just wasn't something I was totally keen on, the midwifery medical side of things. I that That didn't appeal to me as much, strangely. And just to think, you know, a year after... I would be doing it on a completely different context. I didn't even know existed because I didn't even know what an aversion was. So I am very much right place, right time and understanding that I just very curious now what's going to happen next, I guess, because I am very controlling and I like to know what happens next. I'm very excited for the future now. And I probably haven't been able to say that for a while without a bit of fear there's always going to be a bit of fear, yeah. but I think that keeps me going. Well, the the thing that, that I, I just know to be true is that when a mission is big enough, it pulls you through all kinds of darkness. And you have a really, you've, you've always had a really powerful mission. It's just that you haven't given it enough credit. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, I guess. Well, you sort of think it's a bit accidental. And it's not accidental. It's very much on purpose. Yeah. It's like, um, yeah, like God gave this gift to you and you're like, well, I guess, I guess um, I'll take it. I guess, I guess this is like what I probably should do. Instead of like, thank you, I'll take that and watch me. Let's yeah. do this. I'm ready. I'm absolutely ready. And I'm ready to do a watch the space and see see what can come out of it. Well, okay. So, um, when you say I'm ready, tell me, so, okay. So lately my daughter's been obsessed with Hamilton, the, um, the musical and that one awesome song, like I'm not giving away my shot. I am not giving away my shot. And so this is, this is it like this and, and listen, but when I say this is it, I also know what I know to be true is that you've had this is it moments all your life. 
There are always, this is it moments, always, always in every conversation, in every moment, in every, in every interaction, in every stumble, in every fall, in every fail, in every pain, in every success, it's always the moment. So given that, that that is true and you've got this job opportunity coupled with your incredible life experience that by the way, nobody can teach or learn from a book. Mm-hmm. Nobody. What is, what is it that you're ready for when you say I'm ready? What are you ready for? Oh my God. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm ready for. I guess. What am I ready for? I'm ready to take on the new challenge, obviously of, of finally, I guess the, the first step within this massively long journey that I'm about to embark on is actually just, it's very simple, just working babies full time. I've never done that. I've not had one job um, purely for almost five years. I've always done. Mm. And that's not including being a mother. That's like literally working for two different people or including working for someone and myself as another job. Um, I've never actually Mm -hmm. done that. So I guess the first step, and I'm still even looking at other like side jobs just in case, which is kind of crazy. Mm. That's the planner in me, but I am, Mm -hmm. I am ready. This is it in terms of babies are now my thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so, okay, great. I, I'm, um, I'm tracking with your desire to be all in with a one eye open, like one eye, like on where, where is this going to go sideways? So, um, I, I appreciate that. And I, I think part of that is just you being savvy and being aware, you know, you're not going blindly into all things. I, I appreciate that. And you're, you're always going to look out for your family and you've also got it in you to make ends meet at all costs. You know, whatever happens, we got to make ends meet. Yeah. So you, you are such a, a responsible person. Now there's an interesting switch from being responsible for your life and your family and making ends meet, and then being able to respond, which is where you're a bit caught right now. So you've got this opportunity to, that you're ready to respond to and you're ready to say yes to, but you're, you're a little bit like the, um, you're a little gun shy. You're like, "Mm, I want to go all in, but is that really a thing? Does that really exist? Am I, am I going to be safe? Is my family going to be provided for? Yeah. So if you can't fully respond, it's like, um, you know, jumping off a cliff with hesitancy. It, it doesn't go well. No, it's true. But you got to jump how, off. How do like, I do it? Yeah. I don't know how to do that. Okay. Well, let's, let's get you, let's get you totally tuned up. So you've got some um, practical, your eye on some practical things. You're going to learn as much as you can. You've got an amazing mentor who you adore and respect. You've got, um, you've got an idea that this is the time to work with babies full time. So there's a, there's a lot of really good ideas happening. What, um, if you think about uh, like women in history who have really made an incredible impact and change in in the in the world, mm-hmm. they've had one thing in common. Yeah. What do you do? You have a sense of what that might be? 
I'm navigating what it is too. What do you, what do you think that is? I guess determination and not, um, not letting the pitfalls get them down, I guess would be one thing. I mean, I know that anyone successful, especially in women definitely hit some roadblocks and if they just give up, that's it. But the ones who have succeeded and depends on what you consider a success or not, I guess is that they've constantly navigated around issues that come to them. You know, it's, you don't anticipate any issue or problem. You're not typically trying to find that problem. Are you, it comes to you one way or another and how you navigate around it and move forward and push forward seems to be perhaps, what do you think? Well, yeah. I mean, listen, you're describing yourself. You're you're the person who has, yeah, you've risen above so many pitfalls. So you're describing a woman who is determined and a woman who no matter what pitfalls come and which they will, which you're just like, here they come, you keep rising up. And so that's, that is a woman who is able to make massive change in the world. I would even just stop it right there. Like that's it. Just being able to get back up again and, and to keep going and to dust off and not become jaded and not become, uh, not become cynical or not blame or, you know, or not shame yourself. Like, I don't get any of that from you. You're just, you just like call the pothole a pothole. That's it. It's just a pothole. And so you get back up again and you keep going. Okay. So now the next part, so now that you've got that toughness, that spiritual toughness, which you only get by the way, from living through pain, no question about that. You don't get spiritual toughness on the couch. I agree. So here you are, you are a spiritually tough woman who understands that every time you get knocked down, you get back up again. And you've got this calling to be, to work with babies. So my question is about developing for yourself a view, an eye, like eye on the prize for the thing that will pull you forward rather than you having to push or manage. Do you get that you've been pushing and managing for a long time? Yes. Yeah. 125,000%. Yeah. And you feel tired? Very much so. I think my biggest worry now almost is just being, yeah, almost too tired sometimes to. Yeah. You're worn out. Do it all. Like, you know, changing the world in in the sense of what you say, you know, that sounds very tiring. (laughs) Well, yes, because you're you're tired. You're tired from pushing and managing and controlling. Yeah, like, and I mean controlling in a good way. Yeah, like yeah, you're yeah. you're trying to control, yeah, the the circumstances and situations around you. You have two children and a husband, and you're you know keeping everyone fed and happy and loved. That's that's a lot, and so and me and while still following your own calling and your own passion and trying to care for yourself. Yes, yeah, that's that that is very true. I think I think it's almost that side of where do I fit in? You know, me. Yeah. Which is interesting. Oh, Lindsay. (laughs) When was the last time you thought about you? You know what? Funny enough, I did it for a little bit during the lockdown when I was just doing my admin work and I focused solely on me. I stopped Mm. nourish. I stopped for a couple of months doing everything, but just this very simple work from home admin. And I managed to lose some weight. I was running every day. And it was wonderful and I loved it. And then as soon as 
I was made redundant from this admin job, which I never knew. I knew it was never going to last, but I always thought I would be the one leaving versus them telling me when to go. Um, mm. You know, again, another kind of knock, another blow, another, okay, shit, what do I do? I got to sort this out quick. I've got my timeline and it all just fell away. The me bit, the meditating kind of stopped the running in the mornings kind of stopped and I'm getting back to it, of course. And I, I realize how much it helps me, but yeah, the first thing to go when I'm yeah, here, me, I'm, yeah. I'm, well, the, the thing that kicked the, the thing that kicks your ass is fear. That's it. You just kicked you the fear, fear kicked in and it kicked you. Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting. This admin job made redundant. Yeah, it's redundant. Of yeah. course, it's redundant. Mm -hmm. It's completely redundant when it comes to your mission. Yeah. So, so here's the thing. What I'm getting to is that you've been in this push energy, pushing and managing and controlling and protecting. Oh, a lot of protecting. I, I, I just felt that. Mm. You've been protecting, haven't you? Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. So now instead of having to like, um, I, I can't think of a good analogy. I'm just, have you ever felt that thing where, where you're, you're pushing against something and then you realize you don't actually need to, you drop your arms and you're like, oh, it's all okay. It's standing up on its own. I, like, I, I can't think of a good analogy, but I just, I just sort of pictured you sort of holding up this huge wall and then you realizing that, oh my God, if I just step away from it, it's totally fine. It's it's a wall. Yeah. No. So there's something, there's something about that being able to walk away and that you don't need to be the one to hold everything up. And that if something needs to crumble, it can crumble. If something needs to fall, it can fall. So just that trust in allowing things to be as they are, what does that, what does that feel like in your body? It, I think I think there is a cleanse that needs to happen. And I feel like I've almost been doing that, you know, trying to keep up with past colleagues and supporting them on redundancies that they're going through as an example, or keeping in touch with people or supporting people that perhaps don't really support me, if that makes sense. You know, I feel a one sided. Mm. And that's where that saying no comes in, I need to kind of learn. I see when to say no to people for my own benefit and not for theirs. Um, and I'm, I'm yeah, well, you know, it's like, I am working. yeah, good. I mean, here's the thing is that when something's redundant, it's redundant. Yes. Yeah. It's hard for me to let go, but I'm starting to realize that certain people. Well, you're trying to make, yeah, you're trying to make something that's all, that's already redundant have meaning again. Yeah, absolutely. And there's no meaning there. No, mm -hmm. there's not. It, it just comes down to not wanting to disappoint when actually it doesn't suit me at all. You know that um, one of my favorite things that I have learned this year is that um, people are allowed to feel disappointed. True. Yes, including it's a actually. really wild concept. Like, <laughs> oh, whoa. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I was like, good with that with everything else, just not my kids. And then you said that. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. 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 
It's true. So Lindsay, knowing that people, including your children and your husband are allowed to be disappointed, knowing that you don't need to hold up all structures, no matter if they're even redundant, like holding up a redundant structure. Can you imagine anything worse? No, absolutely not. (laughs) Right. So holding, if you can visualize, oh my gosh, I'm holding up a redundant structure would that make you drop your arms so fast and get you back on track? Yes, absolutely it would. Okay, good. Okay, so you felt that. Now, the next thing I'm 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 wanting to drive towards is what is Okay, so if I'm going back, we're talking about you push energy, holding up redundant structures, um, bracing yourself from disappointing people, uh, like really pushing into like the void, making sure that everyone everyone's good and everyone likes you, and you know there's all all things are likable and good and copacetic. That you've been sort of doing all this push energy out there. I, I sort of feel like your arms are waving into a void. No wonder you're tired, right? doing yeah. all that. Yeah. It's all busy work for, for no real benefit. No, exactly. A lot of pleasing has been going on. Yeah, Lindsay? Yes, 100%. Mm-hmm. And so now what's happening is that your spirit is going, um, guess what? <laughs> we got a bigger thing to do over here and you're going to have to stop that. And so part of you is pressing up against oh my gosh, I'm going to have to stop pleasing people in order to do my mission. No wonder there's a little bit of a conflict. Not only that, but there's this uh, this third party. This like there's three people in your bed. Like this third party is saying, be careful. Don't like drop your guard because, you know, something bad's going to happen. There's another failure that you're going to, you got to take care of your family. So this lack of trust is is knocking on your door too, saying, watch out. Yeah, you've nailed it, Aaron. <laughs> you did. Yeah. No. Okay. Yes. So now, how like how can you be amazing? How can you be great? How can you have a clear channel? How can you be like a, a total warrior out there in the world when you've got these three people barking at you? I don't know. I have to obviously let some of them down, the ones that aren't serving me and potentially me not serving them because I'm not doing it well enough because I don't have the time or energy or. Do you want to even? No, oh, no. I want to just stop it. I want to stop certain elements for sure. And I feel like I already have. I've been much more yeah. vocal and honest when something's not serving me, um, both on a friendship level or a professional level with other types of work that are coming in. So mm. I'm, I'm one. 100- I mean, the minute the minute you get that good inside of you, it makes it easy to say out loud. You know, if you're, if you're trying to, you know, remind yourself, say no, but once you've got inside of you, okay. So here's the thing that one voice though, that's got your mission, that's got carrying the flame of your purpose. That one voice is getting louder. Yes. Yeah, it is. That's true. So all that it is time to do is to lean in and listen to that voice more and more. Now, what I'm asking you is let's bring language and light to that voice more right now. So tell me, what does that voice say? What is your mission? What is the flame that you're holding out in front of you going toward? Yes, I get that you're working with babies full time, but that's still coming from that voice that's saying, look after your family. Okay. 
What's the one that's beyond that, beyond logistics, beyond um, self-preservation, beyond not disappointing people, beyond, you know, being the pleaser? What, what does that voice have to say? I guess just to take care of myself. If that, does that make sense? No, 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 no. That's the one that's like, Lindsay, take care of yourself. It's a dangerous world out there and you've got to take care of yourself. That's your ego. Your ego Uh always wants you to take care of yourself. And then you do weird things. When you're taking care of yourself, you bolster, you think, oh God, I've got to call someone because they, you know, I haven't called them in a long time. And maybe I should take that job because that's taking care of myself. Do you feel the rabbit hole you go down into when you want to take care of yourself? Yeah, I guess. What I'm saying is when you have a mission, when you have a mission and a purpose so big and so bold and so powerful, it pulls you. Yes. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Consider that you do. Listen, consider that you do and you've known all along. You've known all along, but you try to put logistics around it. You try to make sense of it. You try to make it a career and you try to like, like uh, forecast how much money you'll make. And you try to think how, how will it work into my family and how much time will it be? Well, I'm asking you to actually set all that aside just for a moment just for a moment, I promise you can pick it back up again. I would never, ever send you out into the world being irresponsible and not taking care of yourself or your family ever, ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you've got to just blow on these embers that are uh, like Lindsay, they're getting, they're getting hotter and redder anyway. So let's just identify them and identify what is that thing that is so like, go back to when you're looking at your daughter helpless and medical people in white coats are telling you what's up with your kid. Yes. Yeah. That helplessness. Yes. No, I get it. I see now. Well, yeah, it's the, what is that? What's the mission? Well, it's, it's the aversion world, obviously it's making sure that people are not going to have as, you know what? No, I can't support. I can't stop every medical professional from telling a parent that, the behavior is due to reflux. And so you need to feed your child more and more. However, what I can do is be there as soon as it happens and be available and be able to teach, educate and make that person, that family aware of the issue far sooner so that they don't end up with a dehydrated baby in the hospital and a tube in their nose. Yeah. Okay. So stay right there on that frequency. Cause I can feel your passion. Cause you can you f- feel yourself like getting a little bit like mad, yes, passionate, yeah. like I do. Yeah. Feel it's such a good feeling. Yes. Very good. So. Stay, like, listen, don't you feel, un- don't you feel unstoppable when you go there? Yes. I get very cross and emotional when I talk to people about it still, when they tell me their story, I just get so frustrated, but I help them. But you know, yes, you do. Listen, I'm like a little cross and frustrated right now too. You know, I mean in the best way, right? Like this is what like we can we can sort of, you know, joke about it, but that's what passion feels like. You're passionate. Yes, yeah. You're right on the money with your passion. And your when passion meets purpose, watch out. So, listen, what a pur- what purpose means is the intention to contribute to others. That's all purpose means. Mm-hmm. So what what is 
you're, you're right here, right on, right on the frequency. So you're teaching, you're educating, you're working with families so that what can happen? What, what new future do you imagine in the world? Oh dear. Mm. Oh, I don't know. I think I've lost it again. I don't know. What, what do I, what am I hoping that all of the passion and, <laughs> and all of the, all of it brings you mean? Well, listen, you don't have far to look, right? Just look at logistically. Look at yourself. Yeah, so stop going there. So just look at what happened with yourself. So so if I was to reflect back, what I what I notice is you're a woman who um loves her family and had a child who went through a very traumatic experience and you as a result of that traumatic experience rose up. You got educated, you learned as much as you possibly could, and you took agency. You got creative with your child and you took agency. You said, no, I've got this. No, I know what to do. No, I'm the mother. Yeah. Listen, I, I remember when my daughter was born, she had this funny little sound. It's, she sounded like she swallowed a, queak, a squeaky toy. She sounded like, ee, ee. Like this funny little sound. And it was really acute when she was right first born. And I was very scared. And I handed her back to the nurse. I said, something's wrong. Something's wrong. And the nurse, you know, did the whole APGAR test and everything and said, no, everything's good. She looks fine. She's breathing fine. You know, all her blah, blah, blah. Vitals are good. So she handed her back to me. And yes, that while that was assuring, I had to had this little moment of, oh my God, actually, I know. I had this moment of silly, you know, silly, you, you like you, of course, you know, best just look at her. And so I looked at my daughter, I held her, I fed her, you know, I brought her home. She still made this crazy sound like, and I mean, like people couldn't sleep in the same room as her. She was so loud. And, uh, and I remember calling the nurse in the middle of the night saying, yeah, she's still really making this, this sound. And the nurse said to me, it was really uh, quite a powerful moment. She said, uh, well, I think you should you should bring her in, bring her in, and uh, if you think if you think that it's a problem, you should bring her in. And it was this moment of is it a problem? And I realized no, wow. I don't know why for sure, but I know this is not a problem. And I you know ca- carried on. It ended up being that she had something called laryngomalacia, where it was a little collapse in the larynx, and it was something that that babies have. It's you know, from time to time. And it's just that she makes sounds when she breathes and it went away when she was 18 months. And so long and the short of it is that whether it's a traumatic and difficult time, like I've known people who have had extreme premature babies or like all the things that, you know, happen with babies Mm -hmm. and the mother knows the mother knows. Yes, absolutely. I agree. And you, I do that to encourage a lot of the times with the parents they're overthinking things a lot. Yeah. So what is it that you, like, what do you, what, what would you even say to me in that moment? If I was to call you and say, Lindsay, my baby's making a funny noise. Like, what would you say to me in that moment? To be honest, I'd probably start asking, like, I get, I get very um, detailed, I, I suppose. I probably, and that's where you're asking me questions that I probably am looking too much into detail and too much into the obvious, if that makes sense. Like the, oh, how is this going to well, work? What do you, 
Right. Well, what do you want for the mom? Like, what do you want for the mothers who are going through all of this? What do you want for them? Oh, I just want them to have be less, more stressed with the normal baby stuff than the than the feeding side of things, if that makes sense. Like having a baby is always going to be stressful and I never tell them they're not going to be stressed out, but I want them to feel relief. I want them to feel um, supported and I want them to feel achieved that they've, that they've done this and they've done exactly what I did by not taking the advice of the doctor, realizing that there's still a problem and finding the solution. And I'm hoping that I end up being that solution to them and they can walk away from the experience with power and knowledge on how to feed their child for the rest of their lives because it does become a long, long life program, so to speak, with no pressure and keeping Mm -hmm. the child, um, letting them lead the way and having the knowledge of it, I guess. Yeah, it sounds like you're you're giving them the tools to, to have power, knowledge and patience. Yes, that sounds right. Yeah. So when a mother, yeah, when a mother, and particularly a mother that's going through a difficult time with their child, maybe even think about yourself, Mm -hmm. has power, knowledge, and patience, what's possible for her? Um, Anything. (laughs) She can do anything with those three things, to be honest. She can do anything. Yeah. Yeah, like that feeling. And and what can happen? Like what what then can happen when a mother has power, knowledge and patience while going through a difficult time with her child? What so so that what can happen for her? So if you if you look at the, like the two roads that diverge, right? The two roads. One road would be I'm throwing up my hands. I give up. I don't know what to do. I'm going to trust the medical professions. I, I'm just going to go keep following the doctors. I'm going to take all the drugs. I don't know. Do all the things mm-hmm. like hands in the air. I give up. Mm-hmm. Versus the mother that has power, knowledge, and patience. So so I'm saying. My question is, so that what can happen? So you're providing for her power, knowledge, and patience so that what can happen? Well, I want you just to go get that. I I think it's that they don't have to hurt for as long because if they are just going to go down the medical route and put their hands up in the air, they're going to probably go down a much further, pay more painful route that although my route is painful to begin with because it's a hard program to follow. Yeah, pain's not pain's already there. Pain yeah, pain's there. already there. So, yeah, pain's already there. We we know that. So, I mean, listen, even with the perfect birth and the perfect child, there's still pain, right? So, pain's not going anywhere. But so given given that and there's this ch- what I'm what I'm looking for from you I'm fishing and I don't have the answer by the way but I am fishing for that bigger intention what it, what have you got your eye on like and I mean eye on the prize yeah. and if you look out at a world full of these mothers who have power knowledge and patience what's possible out there in the world. Oh, I mean, it feels big, right? I mean, I'm just like, it's very big for a podcast. I don't know. (laughs) We go big around here. No kidding. I like it. I do like it. 
But it's Lindsay. The reason I'm pushing for this is because this is the thing. Once once you get this, it will pull you out of logistics land. It will pull you out of control land. It will pull you out of trying to manage yourself land. It will like we know that pain is not going anywhere. Pain is inevitable. It's the suffering and in the in the in the wallowing of doubt and fear and um, you know self preservation and trying to you know make a mediocre life a little less mediocre. And I'm certainly not saying that's you. You are extraordinary, Lindsay. You are extraordinary, and you get mediocre when you don't know that, when you forget that. Yes, I suppose that. So yeah. let's. Yes. So let's just for a moment, if you could put on the coat that says, I am damn extraordinary. If you could just wear that just for a minute and go, okay, now, now what? Okay. Roll up my sleeves. And I am out here to give women, mothers, power, knowledge, and patience. Why? What for? Why? Um, what for? So they can have what? So they can do what? So they can, so that I don't what can happen? Feel like freedom comes to mind. Does that sound crazy? Yeah. No. Go for it. Yeah. It- Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's freedom. I think that's the, the they more, they have the, the three, the three P's or the th- two P's in it. K. And okay. <laughs> yeah. They it's the freedom and just to be able like no mother is just relaxed anymore. <laughs> I guess that's probably something that I would love to be able to give back is just to be able to calm the f down and allow your child to be who they are and stop controlling every single piece of the puzzle because that's not what is the point. Right. Because to be responsive, yeah, to be aware, yeah, I think I think that's what it is. I think you've just nailed it. It's I think to be res- it's to to be free from the constant judgment and yeah um, anxieties that come with the, the aversions, but also the fact that when you do have an aversion baby, you tend to second guess every single thing you do. And you always have to ask a question. You never feel like you're doing it right because you feel like you did so badly the first time around that you created mm. the version. So for me to be able to tell, work with a family and, and make that family free again and trust their motherly instincts, um, that's the ultimate for me. Oh, my gosh. That's <laughs> it. It's, it's to get that trusting of instinct to return, restore the trust of instinct. Yes. The, to restore the trust of motherly instinct. Cause it's, it's even, I mean, I, I, I acknowledge the men out there and the fathers out there and it's different. Mother's instinct is different. Yes. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So is it your mission? I'm, and I'm asking you, is it your mission to restore trust and instinct within mothers? Yes, I think that's probably the big part of it. Absolutely. And to give them their own. Is that, is that the, back. to give them their own confidence, confidence. back? Yes. Mm hmm. 
Is it to give them their agency? <laughs> Good one, Aaron. Yes, it is. That's exactly what it is. In fact, their creative, creative agency. <laughs> yes, 100%. To restore, imagine that, right? To restore creative agency within mothers. Yes. That's it. Sounds so simple. You know, I got it. I, I know, I know, but holy, I mean, as a mother, wow. There's times when I legitimately don't know what to do. Yeah. I just don't know. I don't know what to do. Yes, agreed. And I feel, I, I, I know that shame, the downward spiral of shame is right there wanting to take me out. Yes. God, you're such a bad mother. God, you're such a failure. God, why did you, oh, just give up. You know, the, those words, those, that, that um, downward spiral is so close. Even when things are like, my kids are dreamy. I mean, I got, I got easy kids and, and I can't imagine what it would be like with, with a, you know, a serious trouble with serious, you know, trauma. So you're, if you can restore the creative agency in women, in mothers, then it would be, I would have the knowledge, power, and patience in order to restore that within me so that I know what to do. Because I'm the one to do it. Yes, exactly. What are you sensing right now? What are you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling quite relieved, to be honest. I'm feeling I'm feeling like there is a much bigger picture to this whole situation and why all of this. I mean, I've always known that, but I um I'm not looking to the logistics of what's to come, but more so how I can help and how I can make a much bigger difference. Um, does that make sense? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, listen, the logistics are going to, are going to take care of themselves. And you've also proven to yourself that even when logistics go absolutely sideways, you figure it out. Yes. Yeah. I always hated it when I was in the middle of it and someone would just say to me, it'll be I okay. <laughs> I think that's one of my biggest pet peeves when someone just says, it'll be fine when you really just want oh, God. to sort it for you. But ultimately I've always known that no one can sort it but me. Um, and look at the strength and the knowledge and the experience that you've gained along the way. I mean, listen, we just know that people suffer when they avoid pain and pursue pleasure. That life is, is, it leads to thin veiled experiences, right? You've got depth and experience of experiences that go soul deep that you can't, you cannot learn this from a book. You cannot. No, definitely not. You have to experience it yourself. Yeah. And you've got, listen, the other thing that you can't learn from a book is your desire to serve. Like, Lindsay, really, I want you to know what a gift it is that you can't not do this. No, I I, I agree. I agree. I want to. It, it, I know you do. Yeah, and the thing is too, is that it may evolve. It may, it may evolve, allow it to evolve. It may shift from feed aversions to raising teenagers as you grow through in, in your experience as a mother. But what you always do is you restore creative agency within mothers. Yes. That's it, isn't it? That's where it comes. That's down. it. Mm-hmm. 
And it's that. Listen, strong like a mother, like strong like a mother. Give it to the mother to do. You don't want to see like a mother lift a car off a child. That can happen. Yeah. Like we just know we've we've got superpowers. Yes, we absolutely do. We absolutely do. And I th- And you're just unlocking them. Yeah, yeah. For many, I hope, down the line. No, right this second. Well, yeah, yeah, I already have. I already know I have. Yes. In this conversation. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Right now. Yes. Yeah. You don't have to hope. No, you just right. trust. Yes, you're right. Stop looking for proof, Lindsay. Okay. Okay. You're right. You're Stop looking right. for proof. Yes. Okay. This is yeah. my parting, like my, my <laughs> hand on my, slapping my thigh. Stop looking for proof. Stop looking for acknowledgement and stop looking for proof. Do you know what I mean? Like just stop it yes. and trust that your very being on this planet is incre- of incredible service. Without you, our world would not be the same. Thank you. Yes. 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 So hard to accept sometimes, but yes, you're right. right. I I, I get that. And you have a good edge about you. Like you have that, that edge that keeps you fresh, that keeps you hungry, that keeps you working hard. I get that. And you'll never lose that. And allow yourself to really um, stop pushing, managing, controlling, and allow yourself to just wow, just your being in the room is restoring creative agency with mothers. Just you being alive, just you being on this podcast is allowing mothers to restore their creative agency. Yes, I hope so. Restore their trust and instinct. Yes. Yes, Well, stop hoping. It will. It will. (laughs) It is. (laughs) It is. It, It has. You, you have, you have this power inside of you that you can't deny anymore. No, and I don't want to. Yeah. Atta girl. Wow. Thanks, Erin. Wow, Lindsay. Thank you. I mean, listen, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. I feel, I feel like a kindred spirit in you. And, and I mean, I think all the mothers out there in the world are just swooning and, loving this, this idea of, um, having their, that creative agency. I know creatively how to handle this and I'm the one to do it. And you're the one who's out there giving people power, knowledge, and patience to do it. And, and it it won't matter. It won't matter what the, the topic is. You're always going to do that. Yeah, you're right. Yes, I will. I can't wait to watch you out there flourish and nourish. <laughs> Thank you. Same, same to you. You must know that you're doing the exact same thing, Erin. I love talking to you. Um, well, my very favorite thing in the world is, is, is having people get connected to what their calling is and to have it be something that is just so clear and so true that they can't not do it. And, and I sense that in you and I'm, I feel so much hope for our world because of it. Thank you. That means a lot. It really does, honestly. Hmm. Thank you. Lindsay, thank you so much for taking this time. I really appreciate you. And I can't wait to follow up with you and see how things are going in the next little bit. Yes, please do. I will keep you posted. Lots to come. Yes, Lindsay. (laughs) Lots to come. 
All the best to you and your beautiful family. Thank you, Erin. Same to you. Okay, bye. Soon. Bye. bye. Thanks for joining us this week on the Power to Be podcast. To my guests, you need to know, wow, it takes something to dig deep and push past resistance and let what's in the way drop. And you did this publicly. You're my hero. And to my listeners, thank you for holding big space for them and for yourself. I sincerely hope an insight was available to you. I'm committed to delivering real deal, fearless coaching to bring you a fresh perspective and to tear down barriers and limiting beliefs and provide the support, energy, and love that will make all the difference in your life. I'm here for you. Let's connect. Visit livebigco.com to learn more. I can't wait to find out what you have the power to be.